Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we figure out how to build and run a SaaS. I'm Brian, and Benedict is still on vacation, good for him. And so, uh, this week, I have another super, super special guest. You have heard me talk about my friend Richard uh, many times over the course of this show. And so, I thought, who better to have on this week than... My buddy Richard, Richard Miller, welcome to Slow and Steady. Hey, Brian, thanks. It's fun to be on the podcast. I've been listening to every episode, so super fun. <laughs> right on. Dude, it's so it's it, this is this is really fun. It's also kind of weird like we talk pretty regularly, but to like be on the podcast feels like Yeah, a little different, huh? So, yeah. uh, <laughs> groups of people yeah. with us um, now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. right, right. Um, so I, I think I've mentioned, I mean, I've, you know, mentioned before how we originally met in the summer of 2012. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, uh, I was living in Dallas at the time and Laura and I, my wife and I wanted to move out to Colorado. And so, um, I built hirebrianray.com uh, to try to, to get myself hired. Bradfield tweeted it. And one of the people who reached out to me was this dude, Richard, from this company called Macavo. So how, how, do, you, how do you recall like our first... Uh, like our first couple meetings and, and working together at, at Macavo? Yeah, well, your, your website that you built to get hired was definitely this explosion in boulder right of people saying whoa there's this guy that's got like amazing design chops we need to hire this guy brad feld just tweeted about him and so in the office there was like all this anticipation of all right what can we do to get this guy to come work for us um you know like (laughs) (laughs) it was kind of a all hands on deck thing to say okay you know what can we do and so uh yeah i guess it was funny because every email that you sent in like, Hey, yeah, I'd love to come talk to you guys. Um, or, Oh yeah. Interview went well. I've got this question. Like every little interaction was like, Oh cool. Okay. Don't mess this up. Maybe he'll come work for us. You know, it was like, (laughs) (laughs) it was super fun. So, uh, but yeah, like I feel, I remember when you came in for that interview, we were able to sit down at the whiteboard and just talk about strategy and where did we want to go as a company and not get into like, nitty gritty of, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? Like your resume mm-hmm. kind of already spoke to all that stuff. And so we could talk about strategy and, uh, I don't know. It felt collaborative. It felt like we were kind of, you know, yeah. um, maybe it was a little bit of a, a view of what would to come, what was to come where we were able to sit down at a whiteboard and just talk about strategy and, and, uh, plan things and think big picture. And so, yeah, it was just a really clear fit right from the start which was great so i don't know i remember you bringing totally. baby in a baby carrier and and you know that's like so long ago now but <laughs> yeah. uh yeah, no. now he's, now in, he's third in third grade, grade. <laughs> yeah so super fun yeah that's what i i totally i've told you this too like um leaving our uh, the first in-person interview you and i had um and by by that point i had like had the luxury of interviewing with many many people um and where they were all like down in the weeds and you know fortunately i never had to do like a whiteboard code oh, gosh. You know, test or any of that garbage or anything but it was i mean it was half of a step away from that with most people 
and I, I called Laura after, you know, after you and I talked, um, and was like, okay, that one, that was way different. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, there's this, I just met this guy, Richard at this company, Macavo, and, um, it's a, it's a nice offer, but what's really cool was, I mean, and you know, you were drawing like things on the whiteboard having to do with disruption theory, not like how do you structure, you know, a JavaScript. <laughs> right. and it, was, it was so, it was super, super refreshing. Yeah. So so, so then we, so we worked together there for roughly three mm-hmm. years. Um, we sold that company to a big competitor over in the UK. Um, and then we have since, you know, gone on and done and done different things. Um, and we work, we work on projects together uh, from time to time uh, with, with clients. Um, but what, what are you, uh, what are you working on right now? For? what's your what's your project and what are your goals for it and what's what do you have to yeah do? so super fortunate to still be able to do client work with you from time to time that's that's been really nice yeah super refreshing. yeah and uh my side project um my baby is goldie may so <laughs> um okay. it's a genealogy product so i'm back in the genealogy like we were at macabo um, this is genealogy yeah. research assistant so the idea is that if you want to do genealogy, learn about your family history, you may not know where to go. You may not know what record collections are out there. You may not know um, that the U.S. Census, for example, was available is available from 1790 to 1940. You know, we take a census every 10 years, but the most recently released one is 1940. Um, I think they give it 72 years. So the 1950 census will come out next year or one or two years from now. And so um, just details like that, you shouldn't have to know to go look for your family that lived during that time period and should appear in the census, for example. So Goldie May Mm -hmm. is intended to be this sidebar, a Chrome extension that's a sidebar that sits next to your window and says, hey, look here, look here. Here's what what you're looking for. Here's what you're seeing, that kind of experience. So um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of the summary. Yeah. I, yeah, I should. So I should mention. So Macavo was a direct competitor to Ancestry.com in the U.S. and and so our our approach was that Ancestry, you know, they charge this high monthly subscription fee. They put a walled garden around all of their content, and they're the 800-pound gorilla here in the states. And Macavo's approach, and this is like what we talked about our very first our very first meeting. Yeah, is um, you're you're argument was content wants to be free and so we should make all of that content free it's it should be free anyway it's the people's content um it's in you know state records etc yeah. etc we should make all of that free and then we will charge a subscription for advanced tools um yes. and so that was our approach you you used to talk all the time in in terms of if we think about where can where can we take macavo as a product you used to talk all the time about what if there was, you know, rather than being another, you know, vertical column, you know, sitting next to a different competitors in this industry, what if instead we were a horizontal layer that sat across the top? And so our customers, we wouldn't care if they were going to FamilySearch or Ancestry or Google um, who, or some library site, who cares? We would be this layer across the whole thing. Is do you, do you feel like that's what you're starting to bring to life with Goldie May or does it 
Like what, what's your, what's your sense of it? Yeah. You said that really well. I, I think that's a good way to say it. Uh, I think maybe in the past others, or maybe we at Macavo even thought, Hey, if we could just get more of the records into one place, then, but you're right. It was still kind of a vertical silo sitting next to these other silos. And so, and I use the word record to mean like one record says like, it's got your grandfather's name on it, right? It's just about one person yep. or one family. Um, yep. With Goldie May, I'm trying to treat it more at the collection level. So uh, there are certain silos that have uh, certain collections, the 1940 census, the 1930 census, Texas birth records. Each of those is a set of records, so a, a collection. And the idea with Goldie May is, let me tell you where all the collections are. Even if I can't get you all the records, you're not going to come to Goldie May and type in, you know, John Smith. Mm-hmm. You're going to come and say, okay, I've got an ancestor that lived in Texas in 1880. Where should I go? And then I tell you, like, check yeah. these silos and uh, kind of be the table of contents. So, so yes, like across all of the verticals yeah. for sure, um, at a little bit higher level than maybe we were thinking about before. Yeah. The, the, and the idea of that being that there are, there will, there are enough, you know, patterns or just minutia that professional genealogists know that I could come to you and say, Hey man, I've got this great grandfather. We know that he passed away in Tennessee in 1840. We have no idea where he's buried. And there are enough potential things there. Okay, that date's important. That location's important. Here are the places that I can kind of point you. Yes. Um, and it's like a really smart assistant that lives in your browser and just kind of yeah. <laughs> follows you around wherever you Yeah, I mean, you by the time you think about yeah. all the layers of jurisdictions, uh, city, county, state, country, all the countries outside mm-hmm. the U.S., um, the fact that you know, for some records they're kept at the state archive, other ones are kept at the county courthouse, and you don't know state by state yeah. which ones are where. And then in some states there's been a there's been a fire, you know, a fire that burned down the courthouse mm-hmm. back in the 1800s, and so you don't know that the record you're looking for isn't even there, or it got moved somewhere else, or whatever. All those, yeah, all those yeah. details. I don't want you to have to totally. worry about. Yeah. So, so what is your um? what what's your what's your goal for it like is it is it your baby and you want to contribute this amazing tool to give back to the community and cool now i'm going to continue to do client work over here or is your goal to eventually charge charge for it or what what do you what do you want it to be yeah good question i i definitely feel a ton of purpose around this and you and i have brainstormed a lot you know like a couple of years ago, we were looking at SaaS options. What should we do? You know, we could yep. build anything. Let's choose a market that's got like a great need or has like, would have a ton of customers or whatever. And it's just hard to get excited about a company that you just don't love. You know, like you just, the, the, totally. the mercenary approach to making money just like can't really drive you. You can't really drive me. Um, so it was really nice to kind of feel like I'd found an area that I really like. And, uh, you know, for me, like the the reasons behind family history like go really deep and have like spiritual roots, but it might just right. be enough to say that I think it can be transformative to learn about your family, know where you're from, um, connect to the city you're in. You know, like we recently moved back to Provo, Utah, and 
I didn't know when I went to college here years ago that I have family that was like, that lived in and died here. And so like, I can go to the cemetery and see third grade grandparents that are buried there that I didn't know about. Um, I can drive by pretty close to our house, drive by a place where there are now houses, but it was a farm that my great grandfather owned and worked. So, um, yeah, details like that, you just, I don't know, make you feel connected and everybody's got stories like that. And so, uh, yeah, like this area of family history feels really motivating and I would love for Goldie Mae to really kind of raise the tide and lift all boats. Um, but yes, I also maybe secondarily would like for this to be a business that sustains it too. You know, I, I think it's nice when your, your incentives are aligned. You, if you, yeah. Sure. So if, if I yeah. can find a way to monetize this, that allows me to keep working on my baby, then like all the better, you know, this is, that'd be fantastic. Mm -hmm. So yes. Uh, the question is where, right? Like I, I, um, you know, when you and I talked two years ago, we said like, let's just avoid B2C by all means. Like <laughs> it's so hard to sell to consumers, you know, yeah. Facebook can't charge money. Like why can we charge money to a consumer? And so we always said like, let's say in B2B. And uh, so I feel like, well, and the other thing too is we've always said charge right away, right? Like find out that someone loves your product enough to pay for it. Don't waste any time. Like. Yeah you know, getting a bunch of users first or whatever. Right. But I'm kind of like eating my words because on both of those, in both of those cases, I'm like building this product for the love of it and to like, um, yeah. to lift the tide. And I'm hoping somewhere in there, there's a model that works. I'm the, the tentative plan is, can I build a, a B2B product for professional genealogists? So yeah, the, you go to the professional yeah. to get the help that you can't get on your own. And, uh, they have mm -hmm. a little, you know, it's usually a mom and pop business because there's thousands of them. They all are their own business. And uh, could I, would they pay me for a SaaS product? Because it's worth it to them to save yeah. the time. Yeah. You, it, it sounds a lot though, like, um, if you heard the, the, the term prosumer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it definitely feels much more just just to help you feel a little bit better. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it feels it definitely feels more prosumer than pure B two C. Yeah, like it's fair not. Point. Yeah, it's it's not Netflix. You're or right. Spotify. Yeah, that's that's um, so true. It's definitely you know in this thing where there's people are definitely willing to uh, to pay for this yeah, interest that's of right. theirs, um, and you know. It's it's not exactly what's what's the phrase where people are like I like to you know I like to go after markets where people are are irrationally enthusiastic huh. like fly fishermen, Lego enthusiasts, yeah. um, people who are obsessed with board games will spend way too much <laughs> money, you know, on a new fly rod um, or this certain type of feather. Yes, um, and. Uh, and and there are enough people who are interested personally um, in genealogy and in family history research that you know there's you know it's fairly validated you know at at that point so yeah. it doesn't seem like you're necessarily That's... selling to you know random person walking down the sidewalk yeah. so much as people who are shelling out hundreds of dollars to go to conferences. Yes. 
Yeah, Absolutely. that's probably good to not think well, about so, it in such a binary, in binary terms, right? Yeah, B to C, yeah. C to C. Yeah. yeah. So, so speaking, I, so speaking of conferences, um, you uh, didn't you went to Roots Tech? Roots Tech is like the big family history. Yeah, largest family uh, history conference, conference in the world. In yep. Yeah. Okay. W was that what? When was that? February. January. Yeah. February. Yeah. Okay. All right. Right before uh, what, COVID-19 was, was hitting, like we, I think we were just, I don't know. I think we were using hand, hand sanitizer at the conference. Like, I can't remember if it, we okay. kind of knew about it, but like yeah, it was like right before. On, on everyone's mind. But Sorry. Yeah. What, what yeah. was the, no, 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 no. I was just saying, okay, okay it, was, it was on everybody's yeah. mind, but, but yeah, yeah you, you, you did go. What was that experience like um, having a not fully fleshed out product um, like it was, it was ready to mm -hmm. demo, it, you, you know, you were showing it to folks. Um, but as those, those first, like, you know, customer touch points and conversations and things, what was it, what was it like to do? The yeah. Yeah. Where you go to the conference and say, here's, here's my baby. Uh, it was super fun for one. I mean, we, we got a couple of signs printed. We were happy with how they turned out and we luckily just ended up getting a spot on the convention floor that um was just kind of by some foot traffic so we got plenty of people walking by and yeah we had three bullet points on the sign that i think resonated pretty well one of them was an automated research log so i didn't mention that feature but the idea is a genealogist wants to keep a log of everywhere they've been and because goldie may is a chrome extension i can just track everywhere you've been while you're while you have it turned on if you want to turn it off you can and uh that keeps a running log of all the URLs you visited, and then you can write commentary on each one, put a like next to it, write a comment or whatever. So that resonated pretty well. I mean, that's, I think you hear in genealogy quite a bit that you should keep a research log. And so I wonder if, uh, you know, if you talked about the jobs to be done, like uh, functional, emotional, social jobs, like I think one of the emotional jobs there is I feel kind of guilty that I'm not keeping a research log. It's so tedious, right? Like the, the way you would do it is like yeah. write down where you've been or copy the URL into mm -hmm. a, an Excel spreadsheet or whatever. And it's just way too tedious to really do. And so most people don't do it. Professionals do it because they need to track where they've been. Um, but it's, yeah, I think that was something that really resonated at the conference was like, okay, if there's a tool that could do this for me, I would, I would love that. So, um, and then there was certainly, um, uh, beginners that loved kind of some of the guidance that it could give you. And then there was kind of this intermediate level that was like, okay, I kind of already know that, but I see the potential, you know, and Goldie May didn't quite have something for them yet, but in theory, it could offer more guidance in the future and have something for everyone. Yeah. Are you starting to get us? Are you, do you have a pull right now in either direction of, um, I really think that maybe my first, you know, my most passionate customers could could be the not quite professional genealogist, but but professional hobbyist, prosumer, spending money on this thing, or nope, up up one more notch, somebody who is a full time paid professional researcher. That's the person who's going to like add this as another tool in their belt, and they'll pay. You know. Yeah, good question. So. Um... My mom would be considered one of those prosumers that's doing genealogy hours a week. And then my wife yep. is someone who 
wants to do genealogy, loves reading stories about her family, but doesn't do the research. She wants to, but doesn't do it now. So those are actually pretty two um, good examples of those groups in my life. And so, yeah, I think it'd be, you know, I, l let me answer your question this way, which is I've been thinking about um, the jobs more. And I, I realized the other day that even though I say on the sign automated research log, no one really has a research log problem. That's a solution to a problem. And so when you slice apart, what are the actual problems that lead to someone wanting a research log? It's things like, help me remember where I was, help me remember where I've been, help me, um, help me show my work to a client. And then you kind of slice apart and say like, okay, maybe everybody wants to remember where they've been, but only a professional needs to show work to a client. And then I think it's, I think the jobs get really specific. Like, I think that's maybe one of the, that's some of the genius of the jobs to be done in theory is that as you get more specific about the actual demand, then you see the threads pull apart and you could, uh, you could say, yeah, a professional would really like to better track how they show this to a client. And so I'm still not sure if I'm going to track that pro side first or the prosumer side, but it's helping me as I think more about the the actual pieces, the actual threads of the job instead of just the high level thing. What's, what's next? Like, what are you, what are you doing right now? And what's, what's up next for you? Yeah. Well, uh, I am working on the, a 1940, uh, sorry, 1910 and 1900 census feature. I may have mentioned this to you before, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think, the idea being that um, if you were to, if you visit the 1900 census, there's a question that it asks women, how many children have you had? And so it's a, that's a great question because like, no matter how many children they list on the census with them in their household, the number may be that number or maybe higher, depending on ch children that have moved out of the house or children that have passed away. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a really nice kind of checksum on um, your research. And so I, I'm wanting to build a feature that kind of lets you like look at that number for your family and uh, use that to kind of check your work. Because it's it's like it's like going back in time, going back in time in a time machine and asking your ancestor, hey, um, how many kids did you have? And uh, helps check your work now. So I'm going to do that piece next. I think that'll be really useful. Um, I don't know, I guess the latest too, is just that I've been thinking more about I don't know, I've been trying to plan more and, and, and strategize more. Like I think I've been a little too far down in the weeds and I listened to mm. a talk from um, Rich Hickey, the creator of the Closure Programming Language called Hammock Driven Development. And um, nice. I'd heard okay. it before. I, I like the hammock yes. part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'd heard this before and it didn't really quite click, but I listened to it again. And this time it was like what I needed. It was. He was saying, if you, I guess the idea with the name is that if you lie down in a hammock and close your eyes, people will think you're sleeping and so they won't bother you, but you should not sleep. You should instead be thinking about the problem you're trying to solve. And he said, we don't do enough thinking about the problems we want to solve. And instead we jump into coding and we're like trying to go so fast to get something done. And he said, we should just back up. And he said, if you will take some time to think long about your problems, um, you load them into your mind, and then he talked about this background mind that will process the problems while you sleep. Sometimes you'll wake up and have an answer mm -hmm. to the thing you're thinking about. 
And we just don't do enough of that. Like we just are rushing all yeah. the time to do that. So he talked about having the luxury um, after 18 years of a, being a professional coder of saying, I'm going to take a sabbatical and I'm going to think about, mm -hmm. and he thought about what became closure. And it was, uh, I don't know, it was just really inspiring to think like, yeah, maybe I just need to back up and say, uh, kind of in the same language as Ryan Singer's um, demand side and supply side, stop thinking about the supply side and what am I trying to build? What could I build? Instead, think about the demand side. Like, what are the real problems that I actually know exist? And instead of thinking about like the best solution to one of those problems, because like, it's not hard to come up with the best, right? Like you can envision, you, you, you know, you can dream and come up with the best solution to something, but instead use your creativity to come up with like three solutions to the problem. And now you can talk about the trade-offs. You can say like, okay, the best solution would take this amount of time. The next best solution wouldn't be as good in these ways, but it would still address the problem and it would, I would get it done faster. And then this third option, yeah. like, would be the really hacky version, but maybe that's okay too. If you don't think about multiple versions of the solution, then you can't weigh them against each other and make trade-offs about that. Mm -hmm. So I think I've been suffering from trying to think of the pie in the sky, super amazing version of Goldie May. And I could back up and say, what are the various ways to solve the problems? Okay, back up from that. What are the problems I'm trying to solve? I mean, Rich Hickey says, say them yeah. out loud. I am trying to solve X. and then you, your mind will start like working on that and you give some, use your creativity to like do the lesser, the lesser thing and uh, get it done. Totally. So, so where, what, um, where was so that? that was talk? on YouTube hammock driven development. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll be That's sure a good to one. link to it and I'm going to probably spend, um, the early afternoon in a hammock <laughs> yes. listening to yes. <laughs> Yeah, he ought to have a like an affiliate link to buy hammocks from his his video. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. What's you know what struck me as you were talking about that man is like, um, I, I am, I feel like I need to slow down and think about even one level above that, hmm. uh, in terms of. Um, yeah, I want to solve a B two B problem. I want it to be something about that I've that I have cared about for years, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so then getting into, okay, well, employee engagement or, you know, is it a developer problem, whatever. But as you were saying that, I feel like one level above that, what problem am I actually trying to solve um, is I want to like what I do. Interesting. That's you know? kind of the meta question. So, yeah. Yeah. So the, so Brian Ray is trying to solve a problem by figuring out what B2B SaaS I should mm -hmm. build. Do yeah. I mean? And so it, that, that just kind of speaks to me in a way of, yeah, I, <laughs> I need to spend some time in a hammock <laughs> <laughs> saying these things out yes. loud and figure it. Yeah. Figuring out what exactly am I, what exactly am I trying to, to do here? Cause it's, yeah, it can, it, yeah, it, <laughs> it can be a lot to try. Is to it too early to ask you like how well do you think headlamp is solving that problem for you? I know, you know, generally, yep. right? Like you're in this area of employee engagement and happiness. How well does that fit? Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, right, right now, not very well hmm. at all. 
Um, but because the product itself is not the either the the feature set or the way that it's positioned or the people who are seeing it right now, there is not a positive feedback loop on it on on the product. Um, you know, I I put a bunch of hours into this you know uh, lead magnet ebook um, that is adjacent to the mm -hmm. problem that I think I'm solving and continue to get like yeah that there's a positive feedback loop there oh man that's so cool that's inspiring that feels great um but that like i'm, I'm not in the business of writing lead magnets um <laughs> and so but so the product itself you know it doesn't uh, i'm not getting you know feedback from people with um asking for something yeah totally i can design that and solve it and 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 deploy it like how good that feels um it's not it's not serving that need hmm. or it's not, it's not fulfilling that, that creative desire. The, you know, the, the underlying purpose of it help people who spend a ton of time at their work, enjoy their work and the people that they do it with. Like that's a mission I can, I could give myself to, you know? Um, and so in, in that sense, um, I do think that it's aligned uh, directionally with where I want to go. Um, but, but product wise, man, like it's, it's lukewarm mm -hmm. right now. It's, it's definitely not ready to be called, not mean by be called dead, not by any stretch of the imagination, because I think that there are many, you know, um, channels and, 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 and avenues and, and repositioning, you know, takes that I can, that have yet to be made. So tell me um, more about, You've got this book out here that's starting to get a little uh -huh. bit of traction and you're seeing some downloads. Mm -hmm. um, say that were to just blow up and just be like the number one book for this topic. People were asked to read it when they join a company because it's like so good at solving this problem. Um, would that be fulfilling to you? And if if not, why not? It, it would for sure be fulfilling creatively i it would not be sustaining okay so that's the that's if, the part that's doesn't right? connect right okay yeah yeah, yeah. because yeah. because so go, go ahead no no no, no yeah go ahead so um you know part of the you know you download it and then of course like there's a couple of follow-up emails in this sequence and um and one of those things is uh, following you know ruben gamez or a couple other microconf uh videos i watched was just ask this one question you know, that's what I did. And I got, you know, X percent of people would respond and da, 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 da. I get like zero. Um, I mean, it's not actually zero. It's functionally zero. It's like 1%. Um, and so that, that part of it feels like, I guess I'm just not tapping into something that's a big enough problem for people okay. to, to, to move on. They, they know that it, that, you know that that they need to be thoughtful and thinking about how to keep their remote team engaged um make sure that they have low as you know low a turnover rate as possible because that's going to cost us etc cetera, etc cetera. but you know it's probably enough to download this free book and read a third of it um okay so it's that, the right area like but it's not sense. but yeah. it's not sustainable as a business for you and your family so that's the it's got to be probably software to be a sustainable business 
And so what is the software yes. version of that that's really, okay, yes. okay. So I was yeah. thinking about this um, this morning and if there were a company, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it does feel like employee engagement is like higher up the hierarchy than some things, right? Yep. Like we've got to survive. Yes, for sure. And um, helicopter going by here. Um, yeah, hear that. Yeah, so the company's got to survive first, uh -huh. and then maybe later we can worry about these like things like cust like employee happiness, right? Like, not that a startup doesn't need to worry about employee happiness, they do, but I wonder if a startup's likely to hire in its own image for better or for worse, and so they're going to get people that mm -hmm. um, are kind of aligned on the mission and are maybe they're a friend and so they're going to have some like happiness built in and maybe it's not until you get to be a much larger company that you can even first that you have to worry about like not knowing everybody who you hire and that you have to worry about being systematic about addressing the happiness of the employees so yeah yeah like it does it yeah it does make me kind of go back to that idea of the vitamin versus the aspirin like what's do they, who feels real pain around this versus like, is it a nice to have? And I don't know, have you, where does that sit for you? Yeah, what you're, what you're touching on is, uh, is something that I kind of realized in a Twitter conversation with somebody last week where it was like, oh, this might actually be a fatal flaw for a business in this area that does not have a full-time sales force ah. which is which is this this problem which is legit is it fits into that uh that quadrant of the eisenhower matrix where it is important and not urgent yes yes you know at which we are famously difficult at caring right. about you know far more interested to be like distracted by the urgent and unimportant um, or running around with our hair on fire, fixing the urgent and important. Do you know what I mean? And it's funny to, Oh, go ahead. And, yep. and no, it's no, funny no, to connect ahead. that metaphor to people, the common wisdom that says solve a hair on fire problem in your product. And so does that mean like we're all doomed to solve problems that are urgent, but not important <laughs> and, and no one can solve, mm -hmm. You know, like it'll take a lot of money to build a sales force to build, to solve a problem that's important and not urgent. That's, yeah. that's, yeah. Uh, I hope that's not true. Well, and I, I mean, I, well, I, I, obviously there are sustainable businesses, successful businesses that do solve or uh, important and not urgent yes, problems. True. Um, but you probably need a few more lucky breaks um, or more capital or a whole yeah, lot of time yeah. to get there. You know, um, it makes me kind of think like, what's the, the, the hair on fire problem for uh, remote companies right now is maybe something like Shield GEO that is, you know, solving the paperwork issue and taxes and, you know, Oh my gosh, we're in seventy-two different jurisdictions. What? What the heck? Well, hey, we 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 got you. Um, it's like it's legal. Yes. It's close to the money. Yeah. 
Um, it's risk. It's, and it's saving me from yeah. risk. Yeah. Yes. To- yes. Risk, risk mitigation. mitigation. Like if, what if we get this wrong? What if we get this yeah. wrong? Well, then we, we could be sued. The company could go under. What happens if you get employee engagement wrong? Well, you lose a good several people and yes, yeah, sure. Totally. It costs us money, but it didn't put the business. Yeah. So, Is there a time in the process when someone feels this the most, like someone just left the company and now yeah. I'm searching for something to, I know you've thought a lot about onboarding. Like what about offboarding? Like yeah. they're going through the offboarding process and um, that's like the perfect time when they felt the pain that this great person left the company. And so I want to be there to say, yep. Hey, next time around, here's how you can prevent it. Yeah. Yes. And that, and that's it. I mean, people, people do not feel this pain, um, when you're still less than, you know, 40, 50 employees, Yeah, you know, um, you talk to enough, I mean, enough CEOs mentioned this as like, as that, that 50 number. And then especially the 70 to 100 number as when, oh, that's when the company really became different. Um, and so the yeah. bummer, the bummer of that is like, the logos and the you know founders and people in my network that I admire like nobody needs this. We never we never needed this yeah. tool. We did not need yeah. headlamp when we were um, you know in leadership positions yeah. in Macabo. You know, um, we would have needed the we might have appreciated that book. Yeah, yeah, because it has a lot of really helpful advice in it. But we would not have needed to hire headlamp. You know, yeah. and there's so there's there's something in there that also is kind of throwing up a flag oh geez what if i don't have founder product fit here yeah um founder market fit no doubt but do i like companies that are have more than 100 yeah people? yeah good question you know? so there's there's that part of it maybe the other little tension i feel around this is just the is it trying to automate something that just is about a personal relationship? You know, if, if employees don't yeah. leave their job, they leave their boss, then, yep. you know, boss to be a good one really has to have a good relationship with the team. Probably is a caring person is probably empathetic is how do you teach those things? Right? Like yeah. how do you take a yeah. boss who just, I don't know, just became a leader, just became a manager uh, because they're a great coder. And now, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, how do I practice empathy? Because, I, I mean, it's almost like you want that green, yellow, red check-in to be something the boss says about the person, right? Like, um, yeah, today um, this team member is a yellow. Like, and I know this because I asked them and I talked to them and I, I know what's going on in their lives and I can see on their face that they're concerned about something. Uh, there's part of me mm-hmm. that like, yeah, it just feels like that's a really kind of meaty human problem. Yes, I, I completely agree. And I've, I've had this conversation a handful of times now about, are you trying to automate something that's, that's, uh, innately human and, um, and my my thought process on it has actually been pretty similar to what your thought process is on Goldie hmm. May, which is not, I'm, hey, yo, look, I'm not trying to take this away. I'm not trying to make software solve what only a human can solve. I'm trying to build something that walks next to uh, you 
throughout okay. the process and and says hey here's here's something that that you know software here's something that i noticed and manager human i want to i want to let you yeah. know um here you, you should know about this in case you missed it and here are a few things that you that you might want to so make sure it's doing. top of mind for you make sure you're keeping it important and not waiting for it to be a fire and uh just being a, yes. a guide okay yep Yep. Yeah. Being, yeah, totally being a guide, bringing it, raising it to your attention. And then are there ways that, that yes, automated software is better at making sure that things don't fall through the cracks. And then it takes an empathetic human to actually go about it and solve it. Or in Goldie May's case, actually read the, the records and make the connections. Um, cool. I like so, that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah so, so what's next? How are you going to, um, where do you, <laughs> where do you go from here? Well, um okay for on on it i have to answer that in two okay. different ways um the first is that for for headlamp i the the first thing i need to do is is truly like dramatically reduce the 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 feature set and just go all in on this red yellow green check-in per seat uh cool position. okay um and and see if that uh see if that resonates uh a little bit better um and so that's that's the first thing the second thing though and this gets into a deeper uh you know kind of tension with with doing this with building something in public talking about it publicly um is that uh somebody i'm not gonna go into too much detail just yet um, but somebody else in the in the community that many people listening know this person um uh they we're talking about this other little idea that would not take, take too much to spin hmm. up and de and deploy and pilot okay. um and in so, this area uh so that's not, not in, in this area. area okay no not in this okay. area no um and so it feels it feels like headlamp is definitely lukewarm enough and there are enough Ugh, is this gonna work or not that by no means am i ready to call it mm -hmm. dead but i do think that it is probably practical and wise to say i should probably plant another experiment okay. or two yes i could see that you know what makes it what makes it hard is um in doing this like i feel inside the sunk costs like multiplied yeah, by 10 yeah because you don't want people to think that you're a flake right or that you're moving on too quickly or spreading your attention too thin you know what i mean um okay so i just i just try to remind yeah. myself like josh pigford has a list of 50 things right. that he's worked yes. on Derek Reimer had level and then static kit and now, you know, savvy cow. Yeah. Um, and it's okay. And so it's yep. just don't, and it's okay. It's all right. Um, but just even in mentioning this to, you know, to, to Laura and the kids, they were like, what about headlamp? <laughs> um, I'm like, no, 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 I'm not killing it. But, um, but yeah, let's ask that. What about headlamp? Yeah, and so well, and it sounds like you're not even putting them on. You're not even putting headlamp on your dead list, the way Josh Pickford no. did with his list. Or right, you're just right. saying I'm gonna let let it grow. It's the seeds planted, let it grow. 
percolate. percolate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, so, yeah. So that's what's that's okay. what's next. So this other area is it hitting the the need for you to love your work? Will it hit that need? Um. I I can't I don't I don't totally okay. know yet. Um. It is it is definitely a a worthwhile it's a worthwhile. Okay. Thing. So if it goes so, well, you would feel great um, about it. Uh, okay. yes, yes, because it, it is, it does a good thing for people who are invested in their work. Um, and so, well, yeah, very, very cool. Yeah. You, you've left be, a great, yeah. I hate to be so vague yeah, about it yeah. right now, but like when, when the soft launch comes, then, then this will all make sense. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I think that it, I think what it does have, a oh, it seems to have a pretty good chance of would be getting to some sort of sustainability you know quicker um that'd be big because it's more service it's more service oriented yeah. than software oriented um so anyway that's great yeah man we'll we'll yeah. uh, we'll see and the service option is really interesting as a way to full-time SaaS, right that's yes totally, totally. Yeah. yeah yep that is like that the, the, the stair step yeah. thing there i do feel like i have I've just not cracked at all. Um, I've, I've had a number of people also tell me about Headlamp. Like, dude, what, what, why don't you offer Headlamp as a consulting yeah. practice yeah. Um, before trying to, you know, sell it at a, at a per seat thing. Um, and the problem is like, like the channel, like you don't want to just build up that channel to do that kind of enterprise personal sales or something, or what's that been for you? Well, I think I think the problem there is okay. What exactly is the consulting hmm. offer? Yes. Okay. You know, um, and uh, and I've I've had a just really just years long struggle with feeling like consulting is a <laughs> can 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 be a smooth and steady, you know. Ride. Oh yeah. I guess I'm. Yeah. I, you know, how, how dude? How are you? How are you feeling about? client work and consulting and balancing it against, you know, finding time for Goldie May. Yeah. You um, know, I guess, I wonder if I like client work more than you do. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you hear me <laughs> complain about it enough. <laughs> well, I, yeah, you know, I like it all right. Like I, I, I like yeah. what we're doing with yeah. this, this main healthcare client. Yeah. And so, yep. yeah, it just kind of works for me, I guess. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, Weekends are good. I take a, you know, on Sundays, I like don't do any work at all. Like, and that just feels good. And yeah. then I kind of come back hungry. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. It's sort of like hunger is the best spice or whatever. Right. Like when, when I take a good break from it every weekend, then I come back hungry to do it again, I guess is one way to say mm -hmm. it. And That's so, awesome. uh, I think if I were doing like seven days a week, all the time, every waking hour, like my thing consulting, my thing consulting, it would just be overwhelming. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Sunday is a little more contemplative of a day so I can like just, mm -hmm. yeah, you actually build up some hunger where you like have some ideas, write them down, but I can't do them right now because I, I chose not to do them on Sundays. And so then you come back Monday like, okay, I'm ready to jump in. So that's been one thing yeah. that's been helpful. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I am certain that you're 
better about, you know, disciplining your like your time. No, I don't know about that. Yeah, um, I don't know about that. I I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I yeah, yeah. Huh. I also, I, I sometimes also feel like, you know, the 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 thing that I really get creatively fulfilled by on the product design and product strategy yes. sides of things, I fundamentally don't think you should outsource that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so to, to like, for that to be the thing that really brings me alive and to also know, like, I, I should offer advice to our, to our clients, but Hey, it's your thing. You make the call yeah. and you know, you're used and, to and being that product that. owner that and wanting, wanting it. Yes. to be the yeah, yeah that's yeah, right yeah, yeah. that's a good point and so um yeah. so that there there pretty much always is this you know non trivial percentage of my you know professional investment that just goes unfulfilled in in client work because it should because you should not outsource that part of the that's a great point so there's really nobody out there that's wanting to hire the product owner right like anybody that wants to build a product wants to be that owner right is that fair to say at the stage that yeah at at the stage of company that we work best with totally yeah yeah Yeah. i thought about that i mean the first you know good point yeah yeah. I mean, that should be one of your first full-time yeah. hires yeah. down the road is, okay, yeah, like VP level product person who's going to take that away from the CEO so that they can now think about hiring and legal and fundraising if that's where you're yeah. at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anybody we've worked um, with has been the CEO or C-level and like they've got an idea and they're going to drive it. And they're, they're yeah. the product. They're the yeah, product that's person. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah so okay. There's some that, tension, that tension on that. there. I think is why, yeah. yeah, is why I think as the years have gone on, it has been more of a grind. Yeah. It's become more of a grind for yeah. me. Um, Interesting. So. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, okay. Let's see. Dude, I, I'm going to check out this hammock driven development. It was really great to hear. Um, everything that's going on with with Goldie May. Dude, yeah. Where can where can people find um, Richard Miller on yeah, online? Uh, can people find things about Goldie May? What what can people do to? Oh, to thanks. Yeah, richardkmiller.com, and that's and my Twitter handle is Richard K Miller as well. So I've got links there to goldiemay.com, and uh, they can go from there. Right thanks a ton. This has been super fun to talk Thank- to you about all this. Oh, this is a yeah. blast. Thanks, yeah. Richard. All right, later, man.